Good morning to everyone. So glad you're here. So glad you chose to come and uh, be with us this morning. Uh, as always, we hope the time that we spend here together will be beneficial, and I hope that we can learn something and uh, grow closer to God as we study together. Uh, as always, we do want to remember those that are out, that are sick, that not able to be with us, and uh, uh, seems like there's there's several each week. Just keep kind of swapping around a little bit, but maybe we can get through this uh, once again and all can be healthy and be back with us. There was a young man uh, one time that wanted to go to a costume party. And as he was going to this costume party, he, he picked out this one particular uh, outfit, and he had this hat, and he wanted this hat to fit just a certain way, and, but it wouldn't stay on. So since it wouldn't stay on, he had some friends around that suggested several different things. He said, no, no I don't like all that, all that idea. He said, I've got an idea, and it'll work. So he puts super glue around the brim of the hat, puts a lot of super glue, and he puts hat on and uh, puts it on and tilts it just right, and uh, he goes to the costume party, and he was right. The hat stayed on. That was the good news. There's some bad news. The bad news, the hat wouldn't come off. Because he decided he wanted to use super glue, it kind of stayed. So uh, having the friends that he had, they helped him in various different ways, you know, put him down, put their feet on his shoulders, pulled, and, and kept pulling, and worried they were going to hurt him, so they ended up taking him to the emergency room. So they're in there at the emergency room, and he took one of his friends with him, and they're, they're going over some options, and they said, well, you can't just rip it off, because it would, you know, kind of tear the skin, cause infections and things, and... So they, they, they gave him some stuff to take home, soak it in. So the nurse decided she would just cut the hat off, everything but the brim, just left the brim there. And uh, she told the friend, she said, well, I did all I could to help him, and I tried to make it where he didn't look like an idiot when he left here, but he, she said, I don't know if I was successful or not, because he just had the brim around. So he, he soaked his uh, head for several hours, but finally the brim came off. What's the moral of the story? Well, the moral of the story is... There's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end can be very embarrassing if you use super glue. So you need to remember that. <laughs> There's a lot of decisions we make. You can laugh at that. That was funny, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's a lot of decisions that we make in our lives because we want to make them. We think we're right. We think that my decision that I make is right and everybody else's is wrong. Uh, now, that can be okay in a lot of things. There, there's a lot of things we can decide ourselves, and, and the outcome is okay. Some outcomes may be embarrassing to us, but there may be some outcomes that may be pretty serious. They can even be dangerous. The actual quote from Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, There's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end, therefore, is the ways of death. So there may be something that seems right to me, and, and we live in a generation now, I believe, and I, I don't know if it's just this generation or maybe it's, it's been a lot to where it's all about ourselves. You, you can even, you know, I've heard people say, well, I've, I've gone to therapy. My therapist said that, you know, I've got to concentrate on me. It, it, it's all about me, and it's all about what I want, and, and I need to quit worrying about everybody else, and I need to start focusing on myself and, and directing myself and making my own decisions. And what happens is when we start doing that, it affects all those that are around us, and it especially affects our Christian life. 
We've got to be very careful of that. As we talked about in our Bible class, I read uh, uh, what somebody said not too long ago. They said, if you're not hungering after God, maybe it's because you're full of yourself. And I think that's true. I think a lot of times we get full of ourselves and, and we start wanting to do things our way. See if you recognize these words. Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do and I saw it through without exception. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway, but more, much more than this, I did it my way. Yes, there were times, I'm sure you knew, when I bit off more than I can chew, but through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all and I stood tall and did it my way. You recognize those words? I think it was made popular, what, in the 60s by Frank Sinatra, and I think Elvis sung it a few times. As a matter of fact, just the other day, we played that at a funeral. He wanted my way played. At one time in the UK, I Did It My Way was the most requested funeral song. I guess they hadn't heard Vince Gill go rest high on the mountain, but that was one time that's what it was. Matter of fact, there's several times, I see some of y'all just now getting that joke. Uh, uh, there's several times at the funeral home, matter of fact, I had one family come in, the lady handed me the sheet, and this guy had planned out every detail uh, of his funeral. And in, in that, uh, down to the, the, uh, the last little bit, of course, Vince Gill was in there, but the last song he wanted to play while we were closing the casket and carrying the casket out was this song, I Did It My Way. And he actually put down at the bottom, I want this song played because I want everybody to know I lived my life exactly the way that I wanted to live it and didn't listen to anybody else. That's, that's actually what he said on the sheet. Now, that sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds like, boy, you, you live a, a full life, a, a productive life. If you do everything that you do and you do it your way, boy, you, you've accomplished something. You, you've done everything. Don't listen to anybody else. You do everything that you want to do and you do it your way. That's, that's a powerful song. You know, a lot of people like to sing that. They like to think about that. They like to think about living life their way. The only problem is... God says, don't do it that way. God said, you can't live your life your way. Because there's a way that seemeth right unto men, but the end, therefore, the ways of death. Uh, uh, Jacob read just a few moments ago. Remember Proverbs chapter 3, beginning at verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. You know what he's saying? Don't do it your way. Do it God's way. All through Scripture, I mean, think about it. All through Scripture, we have example after example after example. I started to put all these up here, and I figured we would be here you know, all day if I did. But there's so many examples of, of individuals doing it their way, and we see the result of how it worked out. Adam and Eve from the very beginning... Eve wanted to do it her way. Satan convinced her, don't listen to what God said. You do what you want to so you can be wise like God and you can do it your way. And we see what that got him. What about Cain? Cain knew. Cain knew what kind of sacrifice to make to God. And he, he made one that he wanted to make. He wanted to do it his way. And we know what happened. 
We can go all the way even to the, uh, to the flood. Remember after the flood when, when people started gathering together, God said, you be fruitful, multiply, and spread out. And man decided, oh, no, I don't want to do that. They gathered together and started building a tower. A, a tower. They wanted to do it their way. I, I want to do things how I want to do it. And God destroyed the tower and confused their language and scattered them out. And we can go on. We can go, remember, Abraham and Sarah, they were promised a child, but, but Sarah got impatient. She, she got a little impatient. She wanted to do things her way. So they got Hagar involved and, and, and started doing things their way and caused all kinds of family problems they're still dealing with today. Why? Because they wanted to do it their way. Wanted to do it their way. What about Pharaoh? Remember, Pharaoh told Moses, who's this God that I should listen to them? I'm not going to listen to your God, this God that you're coming in here with me with. I'm going to do my th things my way. I'm Pharaoh. You don't come in here and tell me how to do things. And then we see what happens ten plagues later. We see what the result. Nadab and Abihu. They offered up strange fire. You say, what kind of fire? The fire God didn't want. It doesn't matter what kind of fire it was. They wanted to do things their way. Then we can go on to... Uh, the New Testament. We see the Pharisees. They wanted to do things their way. They wanted to do things by the, the, how it looked and how it looked to the people and, and how the people perceived them. And, and Jesus said, it's not that way. It's the way of what's in your heart. You honor me with your lips, but your heart's far from me. We see Judas wanted to do things his way. We see how that worked out. So we can go on and on and on of example after example after example of individuals who wanted to do it their way and we see the result. Now we think sometimes that that will only affect us. We think if I make a decision that that's only going to affect us. Remember Uzzah? Remember reaching out and, and, and touching the ark because the ark, what? It, it, it stumbled, the oxen stumbled and it shook a little bit so Uzzah reached up and Touched the ark and what happened? Dead. God struck him dead. Whose fault was it? David's. David knew how they're supposed to carry the ark, but he chose to do it a different way and it got Uzzah killed. So again, we could go back and forth and we can see all of this and think that it just affects us. It doesn't affect anybody else. But we see when we have a selfish attitude and want to do it just our way, it not only affects me, it affects everyone else. That's around me. And again, we see this over and over again. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. We talked about this morning in Bible class how individuals, when there's only going to be few that find that narrow gate, why is it? This is one of them, and this is the main one. It's selfishness. I don't want to deny myself. I don't want to take up my cross daily and follow after Him. I don't want to sacrifice my life daily, which is my reasonable service, as Paul says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 1. I don't want to do that. I want to decide how to live my life. Had someone tell me that one time, and they were a child psychologist. Remember when, uh, tell on Hannah a little bit, Hannah was two. And Hannah wasn't, she was being a little difficult in church, as two-year-olds can be. She was, she, was, she was, you know, making some noise and doing some things. And, and so she, she was getting in trouble. 
And uh, this individual said, why would they get in trouble? You, you need to let them express themselves and, and make their own decisions and, and do their own thing. I said, at two? She's, she's capable of making her own decisions at two? That's, that's, that's our responsibility as parents to teach her how to make those decisions and there's consequences and rewards for those decisions. See, it's, we, we're in this society and that's what's being taught and then that's what's being taught out from those who's supposed to know and supposed to be educated so it's all about you. It's not about anybody else. It's about you. You be true to you. We've talked about this several times. It's no longer absolute truth. It's your truth and my truth. You do your truth, I'll do my truth. And then what happens? Then there's no truth. But that's what we're talking about when we're talking about doing it our way. We've got to deny ourselves. We've got to lay our life at the cross daily. Daily. We have to deny our own will. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it tells us that part of being saved is confessing Jesus as Lord. It says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So what is it? It's about confessing that Jesus is Lord. Now when we confess that Jesus is Lord, that means He's Lord of my life. He has authority over my life. It's no longer my will, but it's His will. I'm doing by His authority. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. All authority has been given to Him on heaven and on earth. We, we obey His authority. It's no longer my authority. It's no longer my will. It's no longer what I want. In Luke chapter 22, verse 42, it says, Father, if it is Your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless... Not my will, but your will be done. Remember who said this? Jesus. The Son of God, what he was facing, the things that he was facing in the flesh. Remember, he was flesh. John tells us, John chapter 1 and verse 14, that, that he was flesh and, and we beheld his glory. So he, he felt all of these things. He was feeling all of this emotion about everything that he was going to have to go through. So he's telling the Father, it's not my will. Because my will would be something else because of what I'm feeling now. But it's your will. So he went through the Father's will. He was spit on. He was mocked. He was beaten. This is all before he ever went to the cross. He faced all that because he said, I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to take up this cross. And that's what he asked us to do. That's what he tells us we have to do. We have to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow after him. We have to deny our will and we have to succumb to his will. The problem with a lot of people is they want it their way. And, and this affects everything that's in our lives, doesn't it? It affects our home life. Marriages break up. Why? Because someone says, you know, I, I want to focus on myself. So where does that leave everyone else? Congregations will, will break up and splinter because someone says, I want to just focus on myself. I want it to be about me. You have to cater to my needs. And then what happens to everything else? At the workplace, we do the same thing. It's all about me. I don't know about where you work, but at, at where I work, there's two ways of doing things. They're my way and the wrong way. But that's all there is. So you choose which way you want to do it. You either do it my way or you do it the wrong way. And I'll let you know it's the wrong way because it's not my way. 
So see, it affects every area of our lives, doesn't it? It affects everything that we do. But we don't see it like that. How we see it is, it's about me. It's, It's time that I start paying attention to me. Now, Christianity is individual. I will stand before God. I will give an account of what I've done in the body, both good or bad. Not what you've done, but what I've done. But part of what I do affects what you do. Part of who I am affects you if you're around me. So my selfishness can affect all those that's around me. And it can be devastating. If you think about every problem that arises, I believe every problem that arises, somewhere at the root of it is selfishness. Somewhere, somebody wanted their way. Somewhere, somebody said, you know, it's, it's about me. It, it's about what I want and what I can accomplish. Now, this could happen to, to you. It could happen to me. It, it could happen to most faithful. I, I've seen it happen to an eldership. I've seen it happen to deacons. I've seen it happen to preachers. I've seen it happen to a lot of preachers. I've seen it happen to just members, just Christians. What happens is we, we start thinking just about ourselves, and then when we don't get our way, then we get upset. And we start causing issues. Look in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. First, it says, warns us about this. It says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In other words, don't defy God's will. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. On to uh, chapter 5, 1 and 2. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore be imitators of God. In other words, do God's will, His way. As beloved children, it says. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Ephesians warns us about self-will. And here's how you can notice. When individuals start getting upset, then you realize that the bottom of it is selfishness. We, we, we get, why do little kids get upset? I'm going to take my toys and I'm going to go to the house. Because somebody's not playing the way that they want to play. Someone's not doing the things that they want to do. It's about us. It's about the body. I could read uh, the scriptures about the body, how each, each body functions together. You know, the, the, the hand's not the eye, and the eye's not the ear, and the ear's not the foot, and we could go on and on, but everyone has a part to play. We can't be just selfish and say, I'm the best part. I, I, if it wasn't for me, I had someone say that to me one time. There were issues in this, it was a congregation that first started that. There's some issues there, and uh, I was talking to them. They said, you don't realize if I leave here, y'all couldn't, y'all couldn't carry on if I left here. And me being me, I said, I don't see how we can carry on with you here, the way that you're acting. I mean, really, how can we function? When, when you start thinking you're the center of the congregation, you're the center of the church, then guess who is not anymore? God. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God. It's about our relationship with each other and our relationship with God. That's why walking in the light, we have 
fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. We're walking in that light. That determines our relationship with us and God, and we have that fellowship with each other. It's not I anymore. It's not me. I'm part of the body. Then you start hearing things about what they're doing up there or what they're doing over there. That's a sure sign. It's become you've separated yourself out. We need to make sure we're part of it. A coal can't stay hot unless it's around the other hot coals, can it? You, you, you separate that coal out by itself, it's going to get cold. It can't be just about us. It's got to be about the whole and not just ourselves. But again, we need to be careful. We need to watch out. We, if we find ourselves getting annoyed or getting angry, maybe we need to examine ourselves and ask ourselves, what's the reason for it? Is it because I'm wanting my way? I've had several individuals tell me that before. You know, Ronald, you're, you're, that, that's good, but you're just thinking about how it affects you. You don't think about how it affects everybody else. And I had to think about that. You're right. This may be a good idea for me, but it's not a good idea for the whole. Or this may be a bad idea for me, but it's not a bad idea for the whole. We've got to start thinking on terms of that. There's much more to it. We don't, we don't live on an island to ourselves. You know, we talk about so much, or you hear so much, especially in the religious world, about my personal relationship with God. Yeah, I, I've got a personal relationship with God, but my personal relationship with God is connected to the body. It's not to itself. Not, I'm not to myself. If, if part of my body gets severed off, it's not functioning with the body. What good is it going to do? doesn't do any good. It's got to be part of the body. But sometimes, again, we can get selfish. And think about it. If Christians have this trouble, how much more do non-Christians? You know, Jesus is supposed to be the Lord of our life. Someone who's not a Christian, Jesus is not the Lord of their life, so who's going to be? It's going to be their self. We're going to fill it up with something. It's going to be their self. So what the world starts thinking is, since it's myself, since it's about me, it's about the good that I can do. If I just do enough good, then that's all that matters anyway. Someone once said that they think that uh, how it is that this, this universal religion of mankind is we develop a good record and give it to God and God owes us. But actually what the gospel said, God develops a good record, he gives it to us and we owe him. I can't do enough good. So when I take Jesus as Lord of my life, I take that out of the equation and I start thinking that I'm the Lord of my life, that I'm the sole decision maker of my life, that I determine what I want to do, that the way that seems right to me is the way that it is, then what's going to happen? I start thinking, okay, if I do enough good, if I do these things, then God owes salvation to me. But the problem with that is that, again, there's a way that seemeth right unto men, but the end, therefore, the ways of death. Matthew even talks about this. In Matthew chapter 7, remember, there'll be those on the day of judgment that said, Lord, have we not cast out demons in your name, done many wonders and works in your name? Hadn't we done all of these things in your name? And he said, Depart from me, I never knew you, ye that worketh lawlessness. Now they talked about a lot of good that they did. How can Jesus call that lawlessness? Because it wasn't what he said to do. It wasn't directing him. 
That's why you see so many different uh, uh, religions out there today. We, again, we want to do it our way. I don't want to worship God the way that he said to worship. I think it would be a better idea if I do it this way. Well, it may sound good. may feel good. It's like I had somebody tell me one time, we were talking about a certain place that they went, and I, I was discussing it with them on why, and, and they made the statement, because it feels so spiritual. Well, what does? What, what feels spiritual? What, what, what is spiritual about it? Well, I, I like this, and I like this. I said, okay, that's, that's a lot of things that you like, but what does that have to do with spirituality? What's that have to do with God? See, when we start breaking it down, it's self-will worship. That, that, that's really what it boils down to, isn't it? I, I, I want to do it my way, the way that I think that it should be. Uh -huh. Now, by contrast, Paul, he goes through a list of all the wonderful things that he had done. Remember, Paul did a lot of good things. Paul was brought up, when he was Saul, he was brought up well-educated in, in the things. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He was this great individual. Notice how he lists these things. In Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 7, he says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish." that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering, being conformed to His death. So Paul talked about all these good things that he had done in the past. He says, you know what I count that as? Garbage. It's rubbish. I couldn't make it on my own goodness. That's, that's not what saved me. That's not what put me on the right path. That's not what put me in a right relationship with God. Doing all of these good things that I thought in my mind were good that I accomplished. He said, I count that as rubbish. I count that as garbage. See, a lot of times we want to go on just our, the good things that we had done. You know, I, if, if, if I can just do these good things, again, what, what that's saying is if I can do these things, then, then Jesus is not the Lord of my life anymore. He's not the one that's in charge. I'm no longer, I'm not making a sacrifice for my life. I'm not taking up my cross daily. I'm not denying myself. I'm choosing my own path. And my path is going to lead to life everlasting. That's what I believe in my mind. Jeremiah even says, that, that, that we're not capable of deciding the right path. It's not in man to direct his steps. So not only does Proverbs tell me that, that there's a way that seems right to me, the Bible also tells me I can't pick my right path to heaven. Because it's not up to me. I can't determine that. But really think about it. It goes back to how I think it's right. And think of... How many things have been destroyed because of that? How many times, I know a lot of issues in my life that, that I've gone through, if I look back, it's because of selfishness. I was worried about me. I was thinking about me. I wasn't thinking about anybody else. I was just thinking about me. 
You know what happens when you do that a lot? When you start thinking about me making my decisions, make uh, my way, you end up by yourself. My wife used to kid me because at work I'd, I'd be talking about, boy, this, this person here doing this and this, and they're not doing it my way. And pretty soon, you know who was left doing it my way? Me. I was the only one. Wasn't anybody else. So I started looking around and I said, you know, maybe if I start thinking everybody else is the problem, that's around me the problem, maybe the problem's me. Well, that's an eye-opener, isn't it? To start realizing it's you, <laughs> you're the problem, it's your selfishness, it's your hard-headedness, it's your, it's your stubbornness, that you want to do it. It affects every area of our lives. Just talk to somebody that's been on the receiving end of it. When they hear, hey, it's not about you anymore, it's about me. So where does that leave you? It's devastating. And we see that throughout a lot of facets of our lives. But again, we think that we know best. We think we know the way. Just listen to what Paul said, Acts 26, starting in verse 10. He said, This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blasphemy. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. He thought he was pleasing God, but what he was doing was that he was doing things his way. And he was mad because nobody else was. He said, remember, he said, I was compelled. He said, I was enraged against them. He called them those of the way. That's where he went, those of the way. That's what he was trying to do. Discourage them, punish them, persecute them, imprison them. Why? Because their way wasn't the way of me. And he found out that he was on the wrong way. In Acts chapter 22, and verse 16, remember what Ananias told him, Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Remember on the road to Damascus when uh, the Lord confronted him? What are you doing? Why, why, why are you persecuting against me? He had to open his eyes and he cried out, what, what do you want me to do? And he said, You go, it'll be told to you what to do. And Ananias told him what to do. Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. Wash away that old creature. Arise to walk in newness of life that's no longer filled with selfishness. But filled with serving God. Not on your own goodness, but on His. So I ask the question today. Does our life need to change? Are you selfish? No one else can answer that for you. I can look at someone and, and maybe assume, say, well, you're an awful selfish person. But it may only be because you're not doing things my way. Maybe I'm the one that's selfish because I think you are. But each one of us has to answer for ourselves. But ultimately, we're going to have to stand before God and we're going to have to give an account for the things that we do. Did I do it His way? Or did I do it my way? If you're here and you never obeyed the gospel, you can change your life as Paul changed his. And you can do it the exact same way that he did.
Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. What did he do? He heard the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Hebrews, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. He, he heard it. He had faith in it. Hebrews 11 and 6. And he obeyed it. He confessed. He was baptized for the remission of his sins. And he started walking in newness of life. And his life changed. And he says, all my past life I count as rubbish. All the good that I thought I'd done. All the things that I did. He said, I thought I was right. But he said, I was the chief of sinners. Because I was doing it my way. You have an opportunity to change today. Quit doing it your way. Where's your way got you? You're still in the dark. You're still on the road that leads to destruction. When you start doing it God's way, then you get in the light and you get on the road that leads to life everlasting. Maybe you've here, but maybe you've done those things, but maybe there's still some selfishness there. You still want things your way. You're still trying to serve God your way. You're still trying to associate with people your way. You're still trying to live your life your way. Maybe it's time to just yield your life to His. 